Welcome, everybody, to the Do You Remember podcast. This is episode six. Here at Do You Remember, nostalgia never gets old. This is going to be a really fun show because this is a thematic show about what is the most American of all holidays, the 4th of July. I'm Corey Hoffert, one of your co-hosts. And I'm Michael Gitter from Do You Remember? Welcome. What's up, Michael? How are you? I'm doing good. Just uh, enjoying the weather, enjoying this this beautiful day, the idea of celebrating America. So I'm pretty happy. Well, together we're, we're set up. I got a white shirt on. You got blue and red. So yes. this so is this patriotism. Was un, this, was, this was unplanned. Um, yeah. But but it works well, right? <laughs> yeah. Accidental patriotism at its finest. <laughs> there you go. You a big uh, Fourth of July fan? Like, how do you rank it? One through ten or, you know, I don't know. Give us something. I rank the fourth of four. Um, okay. I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of the fourth of July. Um, and primarily because I have a dog. Um, my dog needed a thunder jacket when it came and they didn't have thunder jackets when we were growing up. He's a 15 year old dog. Um, he doesn't like it. He runs around the apartment. He gets all scared. You got to put up with it. But um, I just not, I, I, I don't feel it that much. I, I have to be honest. I, I know that it's a very nostalgic day and I do have some nostalgic 4th of July memories, but um, I don't like go rah, rah. I'm going to go chase the next big fireworks. I actually really like fireworks on television because it's put to music and I like that part. Otherwise, eh, it's sort of mm. an F for me. So, sorry, to back up, you're talking about Scooby here, your dog. What's a yes. thunder jacket? Because I know fireworks for some dogs is like the worst thing for them, right? They don't understand what it is. So what's a thunder jacket? You know, I've, I've always wondered about dogs, like how they know when you get up in an elevator and like that they've gotten to a different floor. Like, what's the concept? <laughs> anyway, so that's a whole different, that's a whole different episode. Um, but I always was fascinated by my dog knowing that you get into a room, the room does a little bit of vibrating. When you open the door, you're in another place. Um, to me, that's a far, so that's a very sophisticated concept, but my dog always knew, and I don't know. He knew when to go left, he knew when to go right. Anyway, a thunder jacket is kind of a compression jacket that you put on the dogs to make them feel like they're getting one big giant hug. And I put, the, I put it on. Uh, when thunder happens, because the clap of lightning is, um, you know, followed by the roar of thunder is is scary to him. So he used to go into the bed and in the bathroom and jump into the into the bathtub and in the corner and cower in the corner and, you know, pee on the floor, do whatever he did, whatever scared dogs do. Um, you put the jacket on him when you know that thunder's coming and, uh, and fireworks and they, they feel a little bit better. But anyway, I just, I, listen, some people love certain holidays. I love Halloween. I love it because it's self-deprecating, it's funny, it's silly, it's goofy. You can uh, you can act out on some crazy costumes. I, I, I don't love New Year's Eve. It feels contrived to me. Um, it's one of those holidays where you really have to kind of find the right parties and be in the right place and always have to look for a bathroom. It's a complicated holiday for me. Um, plus, I'm getting older. I don't like staying up that late anymore. I always find it to be anticlimactic. And I guess that the 4th of July is somewhat anticlimactic for me as well. I listen to the first four minutes of a fireworks display and I listen to the finale. 
But there is something about the 4th of July that I absolutely love. And I love being with my family. They live in Southern Vermont, being on the porch. We have a small house with a porch, being on the porch that faces the pond with the barbecue, with the real charcoal briquettes. And they put um, chicory or something. They put some beautiful smelling stuff on there and pine and other smells. And you sit around on the porch and you drink a beer and it's three generations on the porch doing nothing but eating on red, white, and blue paper plates and American flags uh, decorate the house and we fly flags there. I mean, we are very patriotic in that sense, but when it comes naturally, that's when I feel most comfortable. When it feels like I have to go to a 4th of July event or when I have to watch fireworks with a group of people or I have to be there at a certain time, not 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 as much my thing. I'm, yeah, I, I agree. Look, that's, that's life with every holiday or birthday or event or whatever you're celebrating. But I believe before the end of today's show is over, we're going to talk about some nostalgic things that you're going to say, yeah, that we're moving this baby up to a seven out of a 10 instead of a four. I'm willing to give it a try. We're willing to move it up three points. And especially if you see me eat hot dogs <laughs> for the hot dog eating segment. So anybody um, who's listening on the pod and not watching the video, Michael just <laughs> picked up the three full packages of what looked like beef franks. Some American hot dogs, yes? They're chicken, but they're definitely American okay. hot dogs. All right, so we're not going to end the episode till those are gone. So Right, we're going to start eating them now. I'm going to dip, dip them in the pickles and drink down, dip, drink down my Corona. We're good to go. I mean, I'm all set over here, so you just let me know what you need from me, and I'll, I'll try to be more optimistic about my feelings about 4th of July. And all right, well, I don't know if Corona... I don't know if Corona is the fitting beer to have this year, or uh, it's perfect or not. Maybe it is the most perfect, but I, I digress. A, I didn't have a Budweiser, but you know what I really like? I really like Miller High Life. So for yeah. those of you who like American beer, Miller High Life, the yeah. champagne of beers. Champagne of beers. I think we talked about that a couple episodes ago. All right, so listen, let's jump into it. Fourth of July just moved up to a five. <laughs> He said that after a swig of beer. All right, see, this is getting better. Let's start like we always do with the magic eight ball question. Now I have a guest question, but I want to jump in here and kind of keep it a little thematic. I got a question. 2020 has been crazy. So magic eight ball. Is the 4th of July going to be a good 4th of July or is it kind of going to kind of be a washout like the rest of the year? Well, as you know, the, the Magic 8-Ball could only answer yes or no. So you have to ask the question in a yes or no while they shake it up. Is it is the 4th of July going to be a washout? It said ask me later. <laughs> we need answers now. We're on a time limit. Don't count on it. Okay. All right. Don't so they're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. All right. Well, let's get okay. to the real let's get to the real magic eight ball question because that wasn't okay. very definitive. Okay. So here we go. We got Jack here. Hi, do you remember? This is Jack from Arkansas. I wanted to ask the magic eight ball. Uh, do they think that basketball will be back next season? College basketball. Thank you. All right. Well, there we go. Back in Arkansas, asking about college basketball. 
And the answer is very doubtful. <laughs> Magic 8-Ball says very doubtful. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> oh my god, worst episode ever. Oh my god. I mean, seriously, everybody should grab a beer. Yeah, everybody, drink three Coronas and have a hot dog. Oh my goodness. Uh, Look, okay. it gets better. Don't tune out yet. All right, Michael, let's get to it. What are you okay. nostalgic for this week? Anything in particular? I am nostalgic for letter writing. <clears throat> okay. When I, I would go to summer camp around this time of year and um, I'd be there for eight weeks and every day there would be, uh, they would call up the campers when they got mail and you'd get to read your mail during um, nap time, kind of like a siesta in the afternoon. And um, there would be canteens, so there'd be food, like snacks, like root beer barrels and Red Hots and things like that. Um, but I would receive letters from people. I'd receive letters from my grandparents. I'd receive letters from my sister, who was quite a bit younger. Um, girlfriends in other in other camps. My birthday is in July. I would get tons of letters from from um, on my birthday. Um, I, I think the art of letter writing. I actually found some letters from my grandfather that I had put into a box. And when you take them out, you can hear you can hear his voice. Um, you could see his handwriting, and you can hear his voice and the things that he wrote and what he wrote on the type of paper, and you know the pencil that he used. My grandfather um, didn't, he wasn't cheap. He was just, he made use of everything that he had. He was a, a, a depression era baby. So he would um, take his pencils and he would sharpen them down to the quick, to the point where the top of the pencil, where the metal part with the eraser, wouldn't barely fit into the pencil sharpener so we would have to take like a straight edge razor blade and sharpen it and then i knew that he would write his letters with this tiny little pencil that had been shaved all the way down because he didn't want to waste it and i just know that that's inevitably how he wrote the letters so i i saw him writing it i I heard him when I was reading it. I, I kept them for decades, for 50 years I have letters. Um, I promise that I'm not saving a whole lot of emails in the course of my life. I'm not <laughs> yeah. gonna save as many emails. Yeah. But when I go into that box and I open the letters and you know what else is nice? The stamps, there were all these great stamps that were of those days and you use multiple stamps because the, I, I don't know, my grandfather used like two cent stamps. The whole thing looked like it was shipped from a foreign country. <laughs> um, but I would get these letters in summer camp and it would make me feel less homesick. And I think that long form letters, um, when I do receive them on those rare occasions, they're amazing. And uh, I open them first. Obviously, the rest of them are, the rest of my mail is just garbage. Um, but it's just amazing to receive something in the mail. And I think long form letters, written with a pen or a stubby little pencil is something I'm nostalgic for. Yeah. Yeah, no, it means a lot. And like you, I think we all like getting letters more than writing them. You know. What about cards? Do you save cards, birthday cards, you know, holiday cards? I've saved birthday cards since I was a little boy. Um, yeah. I, have, I have a huge box of them next to my photo box, which I've also saved. Um, it's less important, interestingly, over time, because when I opened up those cards recently, it would say, love dad, or my grandfather's one that he sent me said something like, you know, I, um, 
I, 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 I didn't get you an expensive card so that I can give you an expensive gift. Here's five dollars or something. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. but it didn't. It didn't have the kind of meaning for me unless there was a letter in it. Um, and they used to write on this like onion paper, this really thin kind of crumply paper that even to this day, there's certain things that I'm nostalgic for when it comes to like printed material, like um, carbon paper and onion paper and uh, airmail air envelopes, those red and blue airmail envelopes and things that were written with pencil or you could tell the old ballpoint pens that they used that sort of leaked a little bit. and. Um, so I, I do save cards and I do save letters and they give me goosebumps and every time I open them um, and I just, it's like another exploration into a moment in my life that I've saved in a box. And, um, and I know that most of you still, if you're of our age, most of you still have those letters somewhere uh, and they're very special. And I suggest going into an attic or going into a basement, searching them out, opening them up sharing them with the next generation um, because maybe somebody out there will figure out a way to get kids to write with a pen or a pencil and write letters from time to time because um, it's an incredible memory um, nostalgic and powerful and fun and amazing thing so that's how about we i like this idea it brings back a lot of good memories for me how about we challenge the audience so this week, write somebody a letter. It'll be fun, it'll be rewarding, and you all know when those people get it, it is gonna make their day, and probably more than just their day, because this is relatively uncommon. You could send me one to Michael at, oh wait, 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 sorry. <laughs> You're gonna give them your email address? <laughs> you can put your box of emails next to the bed? <laughs> no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, I think that would be great. Go, go, you know, Go into the closet. I'm sure there's an envelope and there's a there's paper and write a letter to someone. They'll be so surprised to receive it. Send a letter to somebody who you care can. We about. call this. Do you remember homework? Homework. <laughs> Give everybody I, a chore this week. I like this idea. Well, I think if you send me a message like um, at Michael at Do You Remember dot com that you've done it maybe take a picture of the letter that you sent out you don't have to say in the contents just just maybe the envelope and cover over the address because we don't really want to be stalking anybody but um send us your letter memories and maybe we'll share them uh, in our new segment we're calling um pen pals which i just made that up but yeah i've never heard that before that's a good segment. yeah it's a, i think that's a catchy name right yeah um so send a pen pal, send a letter. All right, It'll moving on to the next segment. What, um, have you thought this week about something other than letter writing? Um, that's not nostalgic, but you wish we, we still had? Um, yeah. Like rotary um, phones or something? Okay, so we do a bring it back episode every week, right? And it's normally a thing. <coughs> excuse me, excuse me. Um, but today it's going to be a person and what I and, and, and irrespective of how you feel about this person, this is my um, bring it back and it's it means something to me just, you know, um, and that's Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson died 
on June 25th of 2009. He was 50 years old. And um, I just keep thinking about how his music was such a part of my life. The Off The Wall album came out in 79, which was during my senior year of high school. The Thriller album came out in 82, which was midway through college. The Bad album came out in 87, which is post-college for me. And as far as, you know, he had a, he, he, he lived a controversial life and clearly, um, you know, one that has an asterisk next to it for sure, for some people. Um, but he was a genius when it came to music and he was a genius as, as it came to music writing and singing. And all I keep thinking about, and it's not always just about Michael Jackson, sometimes it's about other celebrities that I, like I would love to know what type of art Andy Warhol would be doing if he were alive. But for me right now, I listen to We Are The World and I listened to the Thriller album the other day for something that we were doing at Do You Remember? And I realized like immediately it brought me right back to where I was back then in, in college. Um, it was such a powerful album, particularly that song Thriller. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that I'm a big Halloween person. So clearly that song, um, it meant a lot and in, in, in also thematically. So I would love to bring back Michael Jackson. I would love to know what he'd be doing in terms of music right now. And uh, I think it'd just be fascinating um, because I think his life was cut off too soon. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, well, thanks for sharing the memory. Um, yep. And uh, we'll be right back after this quick break and we're gonna give you everything about the 4th of July. So stay tuned. Well, welcome back everybody to the 4th of July episode on the Do You Remember podcast. And we're gonna get right to it with one of the most relevant things about 4th of July, hot dogs. Hot dogs, armor hot dogs. What kind of kids eat armor hot dogs? Fat kids, skinny kids, kids that climb on rocks. Tough kids, sissy kids, even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor hot dogs. The dogs, kids love to bite. Ta-da. Amen. Thank you for sharing that I with us. I have a Venmo for my tip jar. You can send me money to stop singing anytime you'd like. Anyway, yeah. hot dogs. Big part of 4th of July is hot dogs. I did some research. And seriously, it's bigger than you'd think because I couldn't believe this. But every year on the 4th, and it's not all Joey Chestnut eating these, but there's an average of 150 million hot dogs eaten on the 4th of July, which is crazy. Obviously this year, we're gonna come up a little bit short of that as I think less people will be chowing down. I don't know. I, I have my I have a whole pack of hot dogs here. If you guys wanna come over, we're gonna grill some up. We're gonna, we're gonna have some coleslaw, some pickles. We're gonna eat them on red, white, and blue paper plates. We're gonna have um, grilled buns, hamburgers. Um, I Bowl love chips, macaroni please. salad. I am getting hungry, aren't you? Macaroni <laughs> yeah. salad, um, corn on the cob when it's when it's right. Wash it down with a beer. Baked and beans. Some, oh, baked beans. Baked beans. Yes, please. Um, oh my gosh, watermelon for dessert. Yes. Vanilla yes. ice cream. Although I'll tell you something, I have a friend whose mother used to make homemade peach ice cream. And she made it on July 4th in this ice cream making uh, thing in Tulsa, actually in Norman, Oklahoma. And we would crank the wheel 
and it would make this fresh ice cream and it was peaches ice cream. And all I remember is that, I, I guess there must be salt involved in the making of ice cream. I guess the ice is added, you just add salt. So we always did something wrong and a bit of the salt got into the peach ice cream and you just taste this like little burst of salt and this peach and this heavy cream and it was just made by us. Oh my gosh, that was, that's a July 4th memory. Michael, first of all, you're reminding me I love America and the 4th of July. And secondly, you're making me really hungry. I haven't eaten today, so I'm cutting you off. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I love it. But I want to say something funny. So I got this stat about 150 million hot dogs being eaten on uh -huh. the 4th of July. Uh -huh. You'll never know where I got that. Believe it or not, there is a national hot dog and sausage council. <laughs> a Hebrew national, a Hebrew national sausage council. Uh, no. Isn't that great? So, you know, the world record holder for competitive eating of the hot dog competition, which they have every year on the 4th, the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Do you know how many he had in once? I know it's over 60. Yeah. It's the most. Yeah. The, the most is 74. And Joey, how long is it? Joey Chestnut. How long is the how long is the contest going for? How many well, days? 74, that must be like two and a half weeks, right? Because that's uh, <laughs> it would take me two and a half weeks to eat 74. Okay, it's like it's like it's like less than 30 minutes, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the part that I don't like about the hot dog eating contest, first of all, they dip them in water when they wash them down. I guess yeah. that's kind of what they found is the easiest way to do it. And to me, I think that's for the bun. Yeah. Yeah, the bun. You know, I'll tell you something. New York City street hot dogs, right? They call them dirty water dogs, right? So you'll eat a street hot dog and they'll be, when you're in the mood for them, they couldn't be anything better. They come with that onions and, and sauerkraut and ketchup, mustard, it's extra germs and all that stuff. Um, but one day I saw a hot dog, a dirty water guy setting up his hot dog thing and he had these pretzels they took the pretzels out of a bag and they had this tray filled with salt like like coarse salt and he dipped the hot he dipped the 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 pretzel the big pretzel the top of it into the dirty water from the hot dogs and then he rolled it in the salt because that's how i guess they get the salt on the pretzels on the and there's something that felt very like gross about that. I've never had a pretzel in New York since then because I felt that there was something, but then I'll, I mean, the dirty water dog hot dogs have the dirty water in them. I don't know why I should be so upset about this whole thing, but I have not had a, I've not had a pretzel from one of those guys in 30 years because- Because I of that, how, yeah. I know how they put the salt on them. Yeah. That, that dirty, dirty water. Did you watch the hot dog eating competition? Or I not remember, did you, but have you? Do you remember watching I, I've it? I've watched it. I haven't watched it with Joey Chestnut because it, it sort of seems like it's only going to be one winner, right? Except this one other guy. But um, many years ago, there was an, a Chinese, I believe he's Chinese guy. I, I don't remember his name. Kobayashi, I believe his name is or something. And um, he... Oh, he was ja Japanese. Oh, it was Japanese. I'm sorry. So he was Japanese and he was so skinny. Like, I just remember how skinny he was. He was something like 120 pounds skinny. Like, my left arm is more than 120 pounds. This guy is so skinny. 
and he ate all these hot dogs and then you could like see his stomach was like distended from it like you just there was no place to put them in that skinny body and he, i don't i don't know how he does it i guess that there is no correlation between being a supreme competitive eater and how skinny you are um, because these guys were not fat so i do remember i was there one time i love nathan's i love coney island coney island around uh, the 20th of, of june before the july 4th um, um hot dog eating contest they have something called the mermaid parade which i've always made a big deal of getting out to the mermaid parade is in coney island around the 20th or so of june and it's a goofy um sort of crafts uh, parade where everyone dresses up as mermaids and it's fun and um big Ange used to be like uh the uh, honorary uh whatever the the, um, the head of this and ultimately it was super fun uh it didn't happen this year hopefully it will happen again next year but um to me there's nothing more american um, of course, except sitting on my porch in my family's home in Vermont, surrounded by red, white, and blue, um, than being in Coney Island for the hot dog eating contest a week or two after the Mermaid Parade. Um, so, if I'm not gonna, if I'm not gonna, if I'm gonna rate July Fourth as a four when it comes to Coney Island, and when it comes to the Mermaid Parade, and when it comes to that stuff. Um, it's definitely getting up there. Yeah, I'm, we're, I'm we're bumping it up. I can see I'm, we're bumping it up. We're bumping it up. Yeah, yeah. I'm, fe I'm feeling this stuff. I've got some goosebumps. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Get you that other Corona. We'll get you from a five to a six. Yeah. You know what else is American? Having a birthday on July Fourth. Imagine that. What can be more American than that? What is People it, like. Son of uh, Neil son Simon, of, son of Sam, is that what they call it? Um, uh, no, 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 so. Born on the fourth of July. Yeah, I mean, I don't think being son of Sam is a good term. <laughs> no, I don't say. think so. Especially after 1977. But uh, okay, so Neil Simon's born on this day. Who else? Neil Simon, Geraldo, Rivera, of course. I think there's only one Geraldo. Am I mistaken? Yankees um, owner George Steinbrenner. Mm -hmm. And Landers and Dear Abby, twin sisters on the fourth. Yeah, I, that was kind of fun to know that Ann Landers and Dear Abby were sisters. <laughs> um, for those of you who read their newspaper advice columns, they were sisters and they were twins. Yeah. Um, so they were both born on the fourth. That's cool. Okay. A president, Calvin Coolidge, was born on the fourth. I mean, that's pretty hardcore American right there. Yeah. Is that not patriotic to be born on the fourth and be a president? Yeah, as if you, yeah, I mean, that's pretty cool. I, don't know, <laughs> I couldn't tell you three things about Calvin Coolidge, but. Um, well, there's one. Um, that he was born on the fourth, right? Yeah, there you go. I couldn't tell you two more things about Calvin Coolidge. Yeah, yeah. And that ironically enough, you know, there's only 46 presidents thus far. And of that, so Calvin was born on the 4th of July and three presidents actually died on the 4th of July. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? So there's still hope. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. no kidding. I'm kidding. All right. So that was John Adams. I'm going to get letters, long letters. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of written letters. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Written so it's very sharpened pencils. Uh, but it was Thomas Jefferson, John Adams, and James Monroe. All three died on the fourth. It's crazy. 
Thomas Jefferson and John Adams died on the same day, which was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah, <laughs> it's, the correlation is really crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's so, like that sort of comparison between JFK and Lincoln, which we should do one day because it's really sort of fun. It's more history than nostalgia, but it's nostalgia for me because I used to read it as a kid, the comparison between Kennedy and Lincoln and their assistants and their family names and blah, 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 all the stuff. Um, so one day we should do a podcast um, a little bit more historical in nature, maybe um, maybe do a, something on the presidents. That could be kind of fun, I think. What about the national anthem? Do you have any funny memories of this? I mean, there's one thing that comes to mind specifically for me, but do you have any? I think I know what it probably is. Is it Roseanne Barr? <laughs> yes. Is that <laughs> terrible? Is that terrible? It was so embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, it really was embarrassing. I think that just was it like 1990, I believe, right? Could you look at it and say it was liberating because somebody just belted? Because personally, she had a, and still does in some respects, a personality, you know, larger than life, people say. So she gets trotted out there to sing. Now, I can't sing, so I don't know. Would I try to sing in a bad way or would I do like she did and just accentuate that I'm a terrible singer? I don't know. What do you think? I think it was just a bad moment. Um, I think it got really, really bad after it happened. And I don't think, um, I mean, we're not gonna get into a conversation of kneeling during the national anthem or any of that stuff. And do you remember, we try to stay away from current politics, but I do think that you can't disrespect the song. And um, I think she recognized that that was just a joke gone bad. I really do believe that she was just trying to be um, over the top personality-wise, Roseanne personality. But then again, the next year after that, my best um, national anthem uh, was 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 still to me the best one that's ever been sung, which was the 1991 Whitney Houston one. So if 1990 was a bad version of the national anthem, then it was more than made up with Whitney Houston's incredible performance of the national anthem um, in 91. Yeah, no, it's... I didn't know that was back to back. Yeah, it was one year apart. Mm -hmm. uh, well, thank you, Whitney. Well, look, my favorite rendition is Jimi Hendrix. Oh, right, of course. Just rocking it on the guitar, yeah. 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 I mean, that brings me chills, almost brings me to tears. Whitney's yeah. does as well. Whitney's incredible. Um, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. Jimmy's very, thing very is... different, but really amazing. Um, yeah, that's that's great. That's great. That's a, that's a good memory. So this is one of our top posts, coincidentally. Is yeah. um, So Mark Judge posted this. And as a, for those of you who are listening, it was a picture of a TV with a flag on it. He said, do you remember when TV stations played the national anthem every night? Not only did the TV stations play the national anthem, but following the national anthem was a just a blank screen. It was a, what they call a test pattern, generally with like an American Indian on the on the center in black and white, which was used for the TV stations to align their systems or something. But TV went off at night. I mean, there was, we had three stations, uh, NBC, ABC, and CBS. Uh, later on, there were other stations. I was in New York, so we had Channel 9, WOR, WPIX was 11. Then we had Fox on Channel 5, 
that came in many years later. But there were three TV stations and they played the national anthem. I don't know, it was like one, two o'clock in the morning. And then the TV stations turned off at night. So it was, it was really kind of amazing. And it's interesting because I have, I don't know, 1058 channels now and i still have nothing to watch so they might as well shut themselves off at night so. <laughs> isn't that funny yeah now we have yeah thousand stations 24 hours all of them i picture the you know a lot of people work different schedules and are up all night and sleep in the day and those poor people they're like oh tv just went off again poor me yeah like larry king has to stop hawking stuff you know like he's just <laughs> Every station is Larry King for me. It's like, oh no, those suspenders. I thought he's left. And then I realized it's an infomercial. Larry, give it up. You got enough money. Stop talking. Never. Stop selling stuff. Never going eat to a, eat a hot dog. Eat two hot dogs. Just be quiet. I uh, think he's uh, freshly divorced again. So he is keeping the show going so he can meet a new wife. But I or, may, or, may, or maybe or maybe to pay the alimony or something. <laughs> yeah, it's only like thirty-seven divorces, you know. Okay, so our other top post that's relevant to the Fourth of July episode was from Kenny G, spelled G E E. There's no saxophone here, I do not think. But so the picture for you all listening is somebody holding their hand up, and there's two little red things in it with a green wick coming out of it, and it says, "If you know what these are, and if you do." You should probably go back and replace that mailbox you exploded 40 years ago. <laughs> so, these look like little M80s, you know? Yeah. So if this rings a bell for anybody, call, apologize to your neighbors, whoever mailbox it was you blew up. Yeah, because when somebody's gonna send you a long form letter, you want that mailbox fixed from the M80s that were blown up in 1973. <laughs> oh my gosh. Fix the mailbox. Go make amends. If you blew up a if you blew up a mailbox with an M80 back in '73, your neighbor's still looking for you. Go and fix it. And buy one on Amazon. Oh, hilarious! Okay, so a, a, another top post, which is really terrible. I love bad jokes, so I'm gonna say it. Uh, but Jude from Louisiana posted and says, uh, "Does Europe have a Fourth of July?" And and Josh answers says. No. And he responds, yeah, it does. It comes right after the third. <laughs> so yeah. there's literal, literal joking is bad, huh? Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. And we're going to talk about everything fireworks before the episode's over. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Do You Remember podcast. And this is our 4th of July episode with Michael Gitter and myself. And we're going to talk about my favorite thing, as least as memories go about 4th of July, and that's fireworks. You in for this, Michael? Sure. Yeah? All right. Well, let's start small and build our way up. So there's a big difference in fireworks. Some are innocent. Some go big bang. Some cause fire. Some don't. But obviously, you first start with sparklers, right? Right. I started with sparklers and snakes. You okay, those? yeah, the snakes. Yeah, you light them and they grow and leave a mark uh -huh. on the sidewalk. 
Right, and and snappers, where you, they, I don't think they lit up. They just made a little, they made a little popping sound. Oh yeah, like, you throw them. They're like little bags of resin. You throw them, and they pop. I used to torment my sister with those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So those were kind of like starter fireworks. Those were like the kids' fireworks, um, and sparklers. Um, they, I remember sparklers took a really long time to light, and they, and when like sometimes molten metal would like fly off of them and and you burn your hand and stuff. I mean, that that was sort of a little bit more advanced, but I guess fireworks come in two different uh, categories. One, where you can hold them and like a bottle rocket or a Roman candle. Um, and then the other where um, you kind of have to light it and run away. <laughs> <You know? laughs> a duck and cover kind of thing yeah. right and those are, those are the more adults but you know you buy them i don't I, I guess they still sell them but you buy them in these like tents like these these like um fireworks tents and they come kind of wrapped in these big trays of these different colors um and 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 uh, I, they kind of remind me like of a box of chocolate like not not the kind that you get on a normal basis and you know which ones you're getting, but the kinds where you kind of have to stick your finger under the bottom and see if it's like that horrible cherry cream and then put it back in the box because some of them are really good and some of them are really duds. Um, but you bought this big giant thing and inevitably half of it was, was blown up just to test it. And then by the time the night rolled around, you had barely anything left. But, um, you know, I guess that's the 4th of July in my yeah. family anyway. <laughs> oh, no, it's, you know, like I remember with my family graduating to the point from sparklers and Roman candles to having bottle rockets. And it's, for me, that's just so nostalgic. Being at the park, 4th of July, getting my dad's beer bottles, digging them into the ground and then putting the literal bottle rockets in the bottle, you know, and uh, lighting that. I mean, literally that was just such a, a clear memory for me. So a bottle rocket is actually a rocket that you launch from the bottle? I mean, some people you can hold it, but a lot of times um, there's duds, right? So it we won't put, actually- We put the thing in the ground. They come with a long stick, right? Yeah, you can put it in the ground as well. But a lot of times it would stick in the ground and explode because it wouldn't have uh, enough powder to actually fly. So sometimes uh, if you hold one, you can, but it still will explode in your hand. Now it's less dangerous than some other things exploding in your hand. You don't need to run from it, but it's not safe. <laughs> You know, so that's why literally you'd put it in bottles. So that, you know, and I love that whistle. I mean, I can remember that clearly. I just remember bottle rockets were inevitably half the time going in the wrong direction. Oh, like half, like, like towards, <laughs> like towards my mother and her friends yeah. who were smoking cigarettes and drinking wine in the corner of the, of the, uh, of the pool area of our small little house in Long Island. And inevitably they'd be like screaming at us and they'd be wearing their kerchiefs and they'd be talking about their whatever while they're, I just remember like a smoking section. And then we'd like these things. I, I, I don't even remember. I don't think it was in bottles. I think it was in the ground or something. And they would go right for these people. <laughs> just shoot for the moms. That's what it ended up being. We'd get into a little bit of trouble and then, you know, we would do it again. When you speak about running from fireworks, it reminds me, I remember like having the punks, which is like uh -huh. incense sticks, you know, to light a lot of fireworks. But then when you graduate to the fireworks you have to run away from, you often kind of need not a torch, but a real lighter because they're, they're thicker wicks. 
Uh. And so you really need a, a lighter. And that was more like a elevated when you're five years old. That's not your job. You know, that's dad's job. Right. I mean, there were definitely like kids fireworks and adults fireworks, but interestingly enough, sparklers are kind of dangerous. Oh yeah. Like half the, I think I read half the hospitalizations on the fourth are from sparklers because they're so hot. It's like 2000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's like way, way, way hotter than boiling water per se, you know? And like you said, they do fly off and people get little burns. Yeah. Yeah, and they take a long time to light. I remember they were they would take a long time to light. So, and I I always thought a sparkler should be like seven feet long because they never lasted long enough. And as it got closer to the bottom, it would get sort of hot, and then you'd sort of throw it down and you lose it. So, sparkler companies, if you're listening, make a safer sparkler. Make one that's easier to light and make them seven feet long. You're welcome. <laughs> seven feet. That'll be easy to carry. Yeah. Uh, well, do you have a favorite memory from 4th of July? Um, I have a funny memory from the 4th of July. It's not which... a favorite. It's just a funny. We'll take funny. Funny's good. Okay, so... Do you want to make in... it in third person like it's about somebody else? Or... Yeah, I'm going to say it like it's a friend. <laughs> yeah. A friend, of, a friend of mine that I know. I heard this story once. <laughs> well, so... I worked at a tennis club, working in the kitchen of a tennis club, and I knew that the view from the, it was, it's called the East River Tennis, so it was on the East River, but it was in Long Island City, so it was on the other side. Um, it's actually where Amazon, that exact area where Amazon was going to put their ill-fated second uh, headquarters. That's a, a unimportant bit of information, but that's where it is on Queens. And I worked there and I, I said to my friends, why don't we just all come to the club at, you know, to watch the fireworks because New York City is going to be so crowded. We could be on the other side of the river. We can watch, we could look at Manhattan. It'll be beautiful. We'll see the fireworks. We could sit in the pool. There'll probably be nobody here because no one's thinking about this but us. We got like 15 people. Everybody was super excited. We were all in high school. We, were, we went out to the club. It was closed. They let us in because I worked there. We went in, we went to the pool. We started to like open up some beers. We got ready for the fireworks. And all of a sudden, boom, boom. It was on the west side that year. It's on the Hudson River. It wasn't on the East River at all. We got to say nothing. We heard the fireworks, but they never rose above the, uh, they never rose enough above the big tall buildings to be able to see them. So we sat in the pool hearing booms and bursts and flashes of light because the fireworks that year, we didn't know, we didn't check, but they were on the Hudson River instead of the East River that year. <laughs> We just sat there like a bunch of idiots, not being able to watch the fires at all, fireworks at all. So that's my friend's story about yeah, fireworks. That you heard from somebody. That's I funny. heard from somebody else, yes. Oh well, thanks for sharing. We've all had worse, more embarrassing stories than that. So that's not too bad. Yeah, I guess. But it was kind of embarrassing. I mean, to this day, I'm still ribbed by one of my friends about it. Like, hey, let's go see fireworks um, or let's go hear fireworks or whatever. And it's been probably 40 years. <laughs> it's, it's a long-term ribbing on this one, but it is what it is. Yeah. 
Well, thank you, Michael. So, you know, everybody, many events have been canceled this year, uh, but in your own way, whether it's with friends or family or by yourself, enjoy the 4th of July. We're all lucky to be alive and living in the great country of the United States. And uh, don't only distance yourself socially from friends, but also from those adult firecrackers. So when you light them, run away. Um, and by the way, are we not gonna eat hot dogs now? I mean, I, I got all these hot dogs ready. We're not gonna eat them today? Yeah. Light up the grill. To... All right, I'm ready. Come on over. Social distancing fireworks and uh, hot dog eating. And feel free to send us your magic eight ball questions to info at doyourremember.com. And please subscribe, like, share, and comment on the podcast. It's still fairly new, so we appreciate all your support. Make a text to us and write podcast and send it to 917-540-8440. And we'll alert you and just give you messages every time we have a new pod to listen to. That's text podcast to the phone number 917-540-8440. Any parting words, Michael? Be safe. Don't burn yourself on sparklers. Amen. Have hot dogs, red, white, and blue. Don't Amen. listen to Roseanne Barr sing the national anthem. You can't unlisten to that. And More. have a good have a good time. <laughs> there you go. Happy Fourth of July, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye, guys.